0: Hi, my name is Matt Fernley, Editor of Battery Materials Review, and here's all the key news in the world of battery materials this month. Welcome to June's edition of ReCharge, the podcast of Battery Materials Review. In this month's edition of the review, we focus on two key themes – the impact of European green stimulus and the importance of Piedmont lithium spodumene conversion plant PFS, not just to US hard rock lithium developers, but to all those in the Atlantic Basin as well. First up, the European green stimulus. Many commentators have downgraded their EV sales forecast for 2020 off the back of COVID-19, but we think that the European green stimulus is likely to accelerate EV sales in Europe, already seen as a key growth region. So far we've seen subsidy announcements out of France, Germany and the Netherlands, and they're already substantial. We're talking of the order of 6 to 7000 euros per vehicle, up to 9000 in Germany when producer incentives are included. That's going to be very significant. We think following the drop in urban pollution levels due to the COVID lockdown that EVs are going to be in focus for auto buyers. Thus we expect EV sales for 2020 to surprise on the upside and that's going to have substantial ramifications for the battery value chain in general, and raw materials in particular. Raw material inventories are not currently at elevated levels. Any increase in raw materials demand will see inventories clear out rapidly. If that's the case, then prices will rise, and they'll rise fast. Our second focus piece this month is about Piedmont Lithium's US spodumene conversion plant, PFS while the pfs is an important data point for piedmont as a company we also see extremely important read through for hard rock lithium developers all around the atlantic basin because nobody up to now has looked at the cost and economics of such a project in the western world we know what these plants cost in china but the western world is different by our estimation there are at least 7 projects around the atlantic basin which could benefit from an asset like this being built in europe or north america the existence of such a plant would help to make any of these projects viable in our view. In raw materials news this month, the World Bank published a report suggesting that battery minerals output will need to increase by 500% by 2050. Many of us already knew that, but the more commentators that publish reports like this, the better. It makes the continued underinvestment in resources by battery and auto manufacturers even more surprising. The US introduced the Onshoring Rare Earths Act, or ORE, to help build a battery raw material supply chain. While we've heard a lot of noise, we haven't heard of any significant funding for projects out of the US so far, but nevertheless, it is a step in the right direction. In the nickel space, it's a case of musical chairs as Vale might cede control of its Goro nickel operation to Australian junior New Century Resources in what is described as a negative consideration transaction. Given that Vale spent over 9 billion US dollars on Goro, that's going to hurt. Western Areas has picked up a 19.9% stake in developer Panoramic resources, valuing it at less than the earlier takeover offered by Independence Group, and Panoramic also disposed of its stake in the Thunder Bay North PGM project to clean air metals. Nickel continues to dominate in drilling news, and it likely has something to do with the fact that capital markets have effectively been closed in other battery raw materials for the last 12 to 18 months there were interesting results from talon metals, blackstone minerals and legend mining during the month. Liontown Resources reported a 119% increase in contained lithium resources at its Kathleen Valley project in Western Australia, catapulting it into a top six position among Australia's biggest hard rock resources. While we continue to have concerns about the depth of the high-grade zones at this ore body, there's no getting away from the fact that this is a world-class resource. Apart from in nickel, it was another tough month for financings, which are down 82% year-on-year year -year year to date May, after having already been down 49% year-on-year in 2019. We're now starting to have material concerns about the underfunding of raw material producers compared to other parts of the battery value chain. It's now becoming increasingly difficult to see a situation where there won't be a significant and prolonged spike in raw material prices. While that's great for producers, it's lousy for consumers going forward. Moving downstream now, it looks like German auto manufacturers can't get enough of Chinese battery makers, with VW spending about a billion dollars to buy a 26% stake in Guoshan high tech, and Daimler, widely anticipated to be taking part in Farasis Energy's IPO. The European Investment Bank has confirmed that it's making a billion euros available for battery investments in 2020. Given that it's only invested an estimated $950 over the past decade in the sector, that's a significant increase in capital availability. There's quite a move in VRFBs with German tech company Schmidt and Saudi investment company Nussanid forming a JV to build the world's first gigafactory for vanadium redox flow batteries. This could be an extremely significant development for the technology. Sticking with flow batteries and Canadian battery developer Zinc-8 is championing its new Zinc-Air hybrid flow battery, which it believes is a convincing technology for long-duration storage. The company believes its technology is more cost-effective than lithium-ion batteries on both an upfront capital cost and a levelized cost-of-storage basis for durations longer than four hours. In our data roundup this month, European EV sales corrected due to COVID in April, but nowhere near as much as many commentators suggested. And although a lot's been made about the fact that Chinese EV sales are growing at slower rates than ICE sales in year-on-year terms, this tends to ignore that EVs have tough comparisons from 2019 and ICEs have easy ones. Global wearable shipments in Q1 shrugged off the COVID impact, up 46% year-on-year, driven largely by strong hearables and earwear demand due to the move toward working from home. Elsewhere in consumer products, global smartphone sales were down 20% year-on-year. In raw materials, China remained a net exporter of flake graphite in April, and its spherical graphite shipments hit their highest level since March 2019. China's lithium carbonate net imports in April hit their highest ever level. In our materials ranking this month, we lowered our risk discount across the board. Spodumene concentrate rises to second place, as we expect a recovery in prices in the second half of this year. May was a good month for battery raw materials equities but not as good as April. The S&P Global 1200 index was up 4% and all of our subsector baskets beat that. Our best performing basket was manganese, up 75%, followed by rare earths, then graphite. Vanadium and cobalt were our worst performing segments. So that's the end of our news roundup for this issue. If you have any questions on any of the topics I covered, please contact me. Or you can find more information on our website at www.batterymaterialsreview.com. I'm Matt Fernley, editor of Battery Materials Review, and this has been Recharge. Thanks for listening.